Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. My name is Ian Hand, and thank you so much for joining me tonight. I have had an interesting week. Um, everyone has seen Endgame, I'm assuming. If not, I'm sorry that um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I think I'm going to be done talking about the MCU, I think, until Disney Plus starts coming out, but... Up until then, I feel like that it's perfectly fine to say, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, don't watch this episode until you do. Because everything from here on out is going to be spoiler heavy. And I mean heavy spoilers. I'm not even kidding you. So, for the sake of your sanity and mine, please don't do it. Don't get mad. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at anybody but yourself okay i spent almost a full minute warning you guys here we go so avengers endgame left us with a lot of questions and i was thinking about the future of the mcu last week and i think this week was really just like I guess so, I guess someone at Marvel watched this and said, "Okay, we need to like go crazy with the trailers and interviews with people about the future of the MCU." And well, message received. <laughs> so, if you have kind of been under a rock lately when it comes to the superhero movies and such, Avengers Endgame basically kind of ties all the last 11 years of 23 I think it was this was 24 or is this 23 I think this is 23 I am so bad at keeping track of them all I mean when I decided to rank these movies I keep forgetting I'm like oh man I completely forget about Thor Ragnarok coming out in 2017 and that's one of my favorite Marvel movies and I'm like wow there's just so many, even if the ones I like, I'm like, oh my god, I completely forgot about Ant-Man. I didn't watch Black Panther for my uh, MCU rewatch. A whole bunch of crazy things happened. But I think um, one of the things I just have to say is, it's a lot. And it's come to an end if for the Infinity Saga. I have no idea what they're going to do next. And I, for one, thought, Maybe I don't really need to. I'll watch the Disney Plus shows because, you know, they'll be in my Disney Plus library. I was going to get the Disney stuff for all the Disney, you know, related things. But now they have, like, Star Wars and Marvel and Fox stuff kind of just, you know, being thrown into the Disney Plus family, which is really cool. It'd be really awesome if they brought both the Deadpool movies in so I don't have to go out and buy them. That'd be really awesome. So... I'm assuming it's only a matter of time before, like, Spider-Man and Venom and the rest of the whole Spider-Man film franchise just gets completely taken by with um, Disney as well. Because I think that they've made some of the best uh, Spider-Man movies. I think it's, um, the Raimi trilogy is great for what it did. And the Andrew Garfield movies are just bad. So I think that the MCU was able to take the love of the Raimi movies and make their own, so far, really good Spider-Man movies so far. I think they're two for two. Haven't even seen Far From Home, and I know this is going to be good. But one of the things I want to talk about today is that legacy that people are leaving behind. 
And I think just two little pieces of media have cemented my faith in the future of the MCU. Not as a whole, but just two characters. Captain America and Iron Man. The two faces of the MCU. Steve Rogers and Tony Stark have both retired from the roles in different ways. For starters, obviously Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. have officially expressed their retirements from the role as a whole. Look at that, rhyming. Awesome. But the thing that really got to me was that they retire in different ways. They do they they both the actors both retire, but the way they do it is two different ways. Tony Stark makes a sacrifice play that Captain America specifically said he was never going to be capable of doing, and he did it. Stupendously, mind you. He said the classic catchphrase, I am Iron Man, which is so funny that that specifically is a catchphrase. It's just, hey, I'm so-and-so. I just love how that specifically is. Everyone's all like, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And then it's just Iron Man's like, I'm Iron Man. And that's like that nonchalant kind of way is just, it just shows that how much love Robert Downey Jr. put into the role for over a decade. And I think it's just amazing that he did it and he did it well. And he stuck with it the entire road. He appeared in movies getting smaller billing just for some small roles. And I think it, really means a lot to me that he did all that I think um, in general I think this movie is very well done I think that the sacrifice was really well done you could see it a mile away but even so it was really cool unfortunately you just don't want it to happen but it did and it's gonna always be that way Iron Man died I mean Tony Stark died but Iron Man will live on and we'll talk about that Captain America he goes back in time to spend his life with Peggy to have that dance that you know happened so uh, even though there's a lot of questions and I think that people might answer them but it doesn't matter does Captain America just go back in time does that mean he never fell in the ice? Like, what did he do to stop the Red Skull from doing things? Then how does he does he stop all the assassination attempts on some great historical figures from happening? Does he warn anybody about the big space hole in the sky in 2012 for the Avengers? Is his younger self there, too? When Peggy's talking about the guy in the Smithsonian, is it Steve that she's talking about? In at the funeral scene in Civil War, is Steve and his old ass, is he there or is he not there because he doesn't want to freak out young Steve? We will never get those questions answered, and I'm okay with that. Because I think they could not answer those questions without making me even more upset and confused. So, good on you guys for just, you know, saying, this is this, bye. And cross their arms and just ignore my questions. That's that's, that's commendable. But then he gives Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, the shield. 
I'm thinking that if anyone deserves it, it's you. And that made me cry more than uh, Tony Stark dying, and I'll get to that in a little bit of why. So, we have two characters who've died, and two characters that are still alive. Captain America and Iron Man are alive, even though Tony Stark and Steve Rogers are not those characters anymore. And I think that's the awesome thing about what the MCU going forward is going to be about. And I was hoping that they were going to do this, and I think they're finally going to do this. So I want to talk about a little bit about two things. One is the obvious Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and go into a little bit of a detailed analysis about it. Next, we're going to be talking about a really well-done interview with Anthony Mackie, the guy who, the actor behind Sam Wilson and the Falcon and the future Captain America. So, let's talk about the Spider-Man trailer first. And kind of, because it's it's smaller than the trailer, than, than this 40-minute interview with Anthony Mackie. So, it's about a two-and-a-half, almost three-minute trailer. It really goes into a lot more detail. I think it's, it's this this trailer is so post-Endgame that Tom Holland has to literally tell you, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this video. It just kind of goes to show that like they really want you to see Endgame. So when you go in this with like fresh eyes, it's like, wow, that way to that movie at the end transfers to this entire film. And that's exactly it. Tony Stark's sacrifice means a lot to a lot of people. But then you see how it impacts everyone around him. Tony, and I mean by him, I mean Tony Stark. I, I want to clarify that. His best friend, Rhodey, watches him die. His wife tells him goodbye. And Peter, who feels so immensely guilty, I feel like he's crying the most. Crying more than his wife and his kid at the funeral. Peter is almost completely devastated. And Happy's there. He's very sad. It, it, it was just really rough. Because you get to see the Iron Man family without Iron Man. Because I feel like that, that was one of the things about the Iron Man, the MCU Phase 1 that I think they did really good. The first family of the MCU is not going to be the Fantastic Four. It was, the Iron, it was Iron Man and his group of cronies Tony Stark J, uh, Rhodey Pepper Potts Happy Hogan and you know just any other random person in there that was squeezed in Jarvis as an AI still worked as like another character but he was more with just Tony and you know just you know the occasional character of the the character of the month which was you know they worked with Nick Fury they had Black Widow around they had they they also had Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane like it felt like a family because it was it was Tony being the brash crazy guy Pepper and Rhodey both being trying to be like the person who pulls him back to reality when he's just so much far ahead of humanity since he's got this Iron Man suit. 
And then he learns, you know, to not only fight for himself, but to fight for everyone he's put in danger. But he also knows how to fight for everyone, not just <clears throat> for people directly responsible for him. And I think that all the actors, Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, a lot more than Terrence Howard. I'm sorry that Terrence Howard didn't return, but I'm happy because we got Don Cheadle. And John Favreau, who was the director of the first two Iron Man movies as well, I feel like they just really played off each other. And I really wish that they had more of that. They, we have two movies kind of in Iron Man 3, but just not the same level. A little bit in Homecoming and a little bit now in Endgame. I honestly would have loved to see a whole more than just five minutes dedicated to Tony and his kid. To really see, you know, happy and everyone else being, you know, trying to make the best of things. And I think that would have been really fun. But now we have Tony dead. Happy and Peter are now really close friends. I don't know what's going to happen with Rhodey as a person. Like, is he going to just be part of the Avengers now? Is he going to do his own little force work shit? No clue. <clears throat> I don't even know if he's coming back, if, if uh, John Cheadle's scheduled for any more uh, movies or not. I did not check before I started recording, and I'm in it too deep now. Anyway, the thing that gets to me is the fact that, like, you know, we also have Gwyneth Paltrow, who's not coming back as Rescue. We might have the girl, his daughter. I forget her actual, like, character name, not her actress name. Because I doubt they're going to have this little five-year-old girl in an Iron Man suit. That would have been absolutely adorable, but at the same time, it'd be like, why is she in an Iron Man suit? She is five years old. She's going to get demolished. So I'm happy they didn't do that. They just put the little helmet on her and call it a day. It would be hilarious if she became Ironheart. Do you, um, can you even imagine the backlash? A pop, I like his. I I would love his uh, daughter to be uh, Iron Maiden. That's a super dope name because I'm pretty sure Pepper's the rest. That's Rescue because I don't want her to be Iron Maiden because they would waste that name on a character who doesn't want to come back. But also, you have that kid from Iron Man Three who shows up at the funeral. I think his name was Haley. So you have that kid, another important character in my opinion, who doesn't get enough to do and only just, you know, shows up to, like, be like, hey, guys, remember me? But what does it have to do with Spider-Man? And as I said, that's his legacy. Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark have this huge legacy that they are now having this big void. And it's something that's really amazing, in my opinion. So Spider-Man currently is the person who has to take up that reins. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, Spider-Man's just going to abandon things and become the new Iron Man. No. And yes. Spider-Man's not becoming the next Iron Man, but he's becoming the next Iron Man. Now, I know that sounds confusing. He's not going to abandon the spider powers. He's not going to, you know never forget he's Spider-Man 
and just work on technology and shit like that. No. What he's going to do is that he's going to have to fill the void that not only Iron Man leaves behind, leaves behind, but Captain America, Thor, Hulk probably, for the lack of better words, is retired as well as Hawkeye and Black Widow dead. All six of the original Avengers are gone, so to speak. And even the supporting characters, like, <clears throat> you have Black Panther, you have Doctor Strange, you have Captain Marvel, you have the new Captain America, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and the Winter Soldier. Like, you have a team, but it's like, is it going to be enough? And that's the question. And I think that that's what this movie is only trying to answer. Ask and answer. If Spider-Man can be that next Iron Man character, the guy who not only... can do what Tony did, but better, but continue to imp- and continue to improve on what Tony did. Is Spider-Man going to be the next Iron Man to help anchor this franchise to continue past phase four? Because they were ballsy. They started with Iron Man in 2008. When 90% of people who probably did not read comics and probably still don't, but when we went to go to that Marvel movie, People are like, who the fuck is Iron Man? Because of Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, and that just being an all-around good movie, people know, now know who Iron Man is. He's almost as popular as Batman and Superman. When it used to just be Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, everything else, so to speak. Captain America, the same deal. What Spider-Man is supposed to be is supposed to be the guy who carries the legacy that Iron Man leaves, which is hilariously ironic on how it comes so full, full circle. Iron Man originally was trying to become as popular as what Spider-Man is. And now Spider-Man's literally taking that role that Iron Man had. Iron Man was a nobody in 2008, and now he's the superhero. Spider-Man, who is one of the most popular superheroes of all time, now has to live up to a legacy that 11 years ago, nobody knew who the hell this guy was. And that's how amazing this legacy was that Robert Downey Jr. played it on an iconic fucking character and did such a good fucking job with it that now Peter has to take up the reins and has to be the guy he looks up to. When Iron Man in the comics probably was looking up at the Spider-Man and being like, I will never be as popular as you. Curse you, Spider-Man. And now Spider-Man, who's his kid, has these shoes to fill that I don't know if he can. And that's cool. That he has that hesitation. And he has that like very scared look on his face. Like, can I live up to Tony Stark? Because... Spider-Man in the comics is still popular. Way more powerful, way more cooler than Tony Stark in the comics. Tony Stark in the comics sucks. Especially when you compare it to the MCU Tony. They tried so hard to get the Robert Downey Jr. likeness from Tony, but it doesn't work. Robert Downey Jr. made it work because it's Robert Downey Jr., a really good actor, When you even when you take away Iron Man. He's been a good Sherlock Holmes. He's been in a lot of good films. 
that I haven't had a chance to see lately, so I can't really tell you every single movie he's in. But yeah, I know him as Iron Man, but I also know him as Sherlock Holmes. I know him as that dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, the Australian guy who did blackface. Like, that was fucking hilarious. I know that blackface is really controversial and weird. But for some reason, it still was, like, not that bad, and it was actually kind of a fun little thing. In general, I just love the movie. I love the characters. I love everything about this film. I love everything about Iron Man and what Robert Downey Jr. did with it. And I think that's why people are complaining. It's like, oh, he's going to be Iron Man. It's like, he's going to be... The stand-in. He's going to be the new kid. And it's awesome. It's going to be awesome, guys. Please, give this a chance. I know some people just don't like MCU Spider-Man. That's fine. I'm not going to try to twist your arm. I think it's a good Spider-Man. But it's not the definitive Spider-Man. There's no such thing as a definitive Spider-Man. Anyone can be Spider-Man. That's the whole point of Spider-Verse. I didn't even see the movie all the way through. And I can tell you, anyone can be Spider-Man if you just have that essence. If you believe that with great power comes great responsibility. And Spider-Man who possesses great power, or even if he doesn't. But he understands that any power he has, there's a responsibility attached to that power. That's the exact same thing that Erskine said to Steve Rogers, that a man who knows strength will abuse it and forget about its value. But a man who does not have that strength, who will then get it, will learn its value and power. One of the best fucking lines in the MCU was from a movie that Apparently did not do that well at the box office. First Avenger is one of my favorite films of all time in the MCU. And it just wasn't that good. But I'm like, that line right there is the MCU. Well, it should be. But it's not. But the point I'm trying to make is it's reverberated. That if you do the things, if you have the power to stop things, but you don't. And the bad things happen, they happen because of you. Peter has that in there already. He did not need Uncle Ben to tell him the mil- for the millionth time to then die for the millionth time. You want to see Uncle Ben get shot and die? Go do that. But Peter has that because we've seen it a million times. We don't need it to have that be the definitive Spider-Man. If he dies, that's, that's Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben has to probably die. But the thing is, we haven't seen anyone else be Uncle Ben. We've only seen Uncle Ben be the Uncle Ben to Spider-Man. Having Tony Stark be that Uncle Ben-like character is pretty cool. Having him be this mentor, this this guy who's Peter's his protege who looked up to him. And to have him be like this guy who... It's, it's, it's like me if, you know... If someone from like yo video games like Maximilian dude called me up one day and said, "Yo, dude, you, you gotta come out here and you know stream with us. I want you to be a full time member of our little like little channel here and make some money. You know, have fun. Yo, 
that would be a dream come true for me. And then, like, one day he's all like, yo, dude, I'm too old to keep doing this. You need to do this. That's exactly how it feels. When your hero passes something down to you because they want you to take over. It's a lot. And I think that that's what the movie is trying to go for. If you guys just want to think that, oh, you're going to become the next Iron Man, you are obviously the problem with the entire MCU. You take everything at face value without learning the deeper meaning of everything. And I think that's what made everyone hate Batman v Superman and all the other DC movies because you just take things at face value and you don't look for the deeper meaning. You can get all pissy at me and be like, there is no deeper meaning in the DC movies. Well, that's exactly why I think you just don't look for deep things, period. Because this movie is deep. The MCU is deep. The DC movies are deep. And they both can work in the right way. I think Spider-Man is going to do a great job to fill in the void. But maybe that won't be enough. Maybe he'll need Valkyrie. Maybe he'll need a whole bunch of other people on his team. Maybe he has to be the one to rise up when he was introduced so late. I think this is the perfect first step for him because he's awesome. Because he's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. He can do it. Stop thinking that Spider-Man only has to be this kid who was in high school juggling his personal problems, not having anything go well for him. And... Just shut up. I'm sorry. Just shut up. Stop your bitching. Because Spider-Man doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to have Uncle Ben die in the alley to learn great power comes great responsibility. He had that. He doesn't have to have everything bad happen to him for him to understand the real consequence of being a hero. He had a lot of things happen to him in Homecoming that, you know, were not that great. But at the same time, he still worked through those problems. And now he's got some real weight. His mentor is dead. And now he and then he died. He's been dead for five years. He's missed five years of the world. And he's now just back and he has to deal with that. It's rough. And it's really cool. That we have to see the world through this post-snap lens when everyone's back and Iron Man's not. That we have to see a new hero take up the reins. And now he has to have even more responsibility because he's going to get more power. Why does anyone get pissed at that? This is not the definitive Spider-Man, but this is a great take on Spider-Man that I am extremely excited to see. I can't wait to see this movie. Honestly, I'm more excited to see this than I am to see Endgame a second time. So, just stop complaining and enjoy the movies. If you don't want to enjoy the movies, don't go see the movies. End of discussion right there. So, with that being said, we have about 30 seconds before we go to break. Spider-Man Far From Home looks really cool. Go see it. I think it comes out in July, I think 19th. I want to say the 19th. Don't quote me. Anyway, we'll be right back. And I'm going to talk about the new Captain America and why that deserves an entire half an hour designated to it with this really wonderful interview with Anthony Mackie. We'll be right back after these messages on truth, justice, and the Ian Hanway 
My name is Ian Han, and you are listening to AP Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Ian Han, and you're listening to Truth, Justice, and the Ian Han Way on APRadio.net. And I know you're all probably thinking, if you're joining me live, what are you doing? The show is halfway over. It's about 6.30, 7 o'clock Central Time, and you're like, I'm going to tune in now. No! Don't do that. We are on... You can listen to the first half of the show earlier if you just tune in at 6 p.m. But if you missed it because, you know, life happens, please go to apradio.net. Go to Categories. Go to Ian Hand. Every single episode, except for this one, is up. And they're up every Sunday. With descriptions, with fun little titles. It's awesome. And if you're thinking, well, I don't have time... I'm too busy listening to music. I'm too busy on my apps. I can't go onto the internet and search up things on a web page like a Neanderthal. I understand, and there is my next point. You can find me on Google and Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. So that is four different options that you have to listen to my show besides just listening to it live. That's super cool, right? So you have five ways to catch me. One live and four recorded. Super sick. So, we also do recordings here at AP Radio. We're AP Radio and recordings. We have an awesome 22-track analog recorder. If you or anyone else there who wants wants to have a band and record with us, it's a really cool, crisp recording that is super cool and vintage sounding. Not staticky, but it sounds like how music used to be in the old days. Unfortunately, I don't think we have our own beats yet. So if you are into hip hop or something like that, if you bring your own beats, I think they'll let you do it. But we don't provide beats as of the making of this video, which is May of 2019. So maybe one day we will, but who knows? But of course, shoot us an email at info.apradio.net and we can work with you and your band. My uh, buddy Josh, who's also a lizard licker and has his own show, Space Dust, he and his band, The Astronaut, just started recording two songs and they both sound pretty cool. I mean, I'd only really uh, heard uh, Josh's first song, Crusader, and his drums are pretty fire in that. So if you guys want to uh, enjoy AP Radio, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AP Radio, the number two. You can also catch me, yeah, me, Ian Hand, also on Twitter at Ian Hand 11 Please follow me. I have a, I'm, I'm up and coming, and I had 25 followers, and now I have 23 again. Let's get that number up, shall we? We shall. (laughs) So, yeah, sorry for the three and a half minute plug there. I just kind of want to get people out there who are still new to the station, who are still new, trying to get people to get our word out there as often as we can, because we can only do so much. It's really up to you guys, the fans. And we can't do this alone. Please send help. So if you are just joining me live, we were talking about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
I talked a little bit about this last week with doubt in my voice, but now I can say a little bit more with confidence. I talked a lot about Spider-Man Far From Home, and now I can safely say that we have a new challenger entering the ring. Little Peter Parker is now the new Iron Man, filling the void that Tony Stark left behind. Now, the second half of this video is going to be about a certain character, Anthony Mackie, played by Anthony Mackie, the Falcon. So again, if you haven't listened to spoilers or you haven't watched Endgame, watch out. There's a lot of spoilers ahead specifically for this one because it's a big one. So Captain America, or Steve Rogers specifically, unlike Tony Stark, did not die. But he is on the verge of death since he's now a 90-year-old man because he went back to hang out with Peggy in their life. He got that dance. And it was super sweet, and I cried a little bit. But what made me really cry was him passing the shield and the metaphorical torch to Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, who first appeared in Civil and Winter Soldier and has been Captain America's best buddy for the 21st century. All the while, while Bucky is Captain America's best buddy from the 40s. It's a really heartfelt moment, and I think it's by far one of the best parts of the movie. It's like the last scene. I um, really like Anthony Mackie, even though I do know him a lot more for just being the Falcon. He's been in Hurt Locker and a lot of other good movies. But it's hard because like, I don't really know that many actors before they became superheroes and I follow their stuff prior and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense why they got this job as a superhero because they're so goddamn awesome actors. I mean, I did know some stuff that Don Cheadle did like Hotel Rwanda. That was pretty sick. So I know now why he's like a really big time actor now. But like Anthony Mackie, I didn't really know that much. I think he was amazing as Falcon. And I think um, he was one of the reasons I love the movie uh, Winter Soldier so much. Because it was so simple, like a little bird suit with wings. And it was super cool. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know why I'm loving this so much. Like in my head, I'm like, I'd rather be Falcon right now than Iron Man. Because the wingsuit just so cool. I don't know. It, it, I'm weird, aren't I? But the thing that I want to mention specifically is this awesome interview by the IMDB um, YouTube channel. And the uh, it's called the IMDB Show. And it's an Anthony Mackie uh, interview. The official uh, video is called Anthony Mackie weighs in on the final scene in Avengers Endgame extended interview. It's about a 40 minute uh, interview. I cannot recommend this video enough. It's 40 minutes. If you want to put it on the background, just make sure you pay attention. I want to say for the first 20 minutes specifically. If you want to tune out a little bit later on, you can because they start going back to... Uh, other fun questions and just kind of like they kind of have more of a fun time. The first 20 minutes of this interview specifically was amazing. 
And it's because Anthony Mackie and Chris Evans are best buddies off screen. The friendship that Captain America and Falcon have were more than just characters. The two of them, along with Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, are all friends in real life. They're very dear and close, and it's a really cool story. I'm only going to mention a couple things from this interview to kind of keep you, to make you still want to watch the movie. So if you don't want to hear that, if you want to watch the interview yourself, again, go to IMDb, YouTube channel. Anthony, it should be, I think it came out, let's see what day it came out. It came out the third, so it's been about a week. So you'd probably have to go into the, kind of have to scroll around a little bit unless they don't um, upload as much. Either way, it's worth your time. It's, It's worth your time. Trust me. It's worth your time. It's awesome. Anyway, so... Mm. <laughs> so mm. anyway, um, Anthony Mackie talks about how important it was. Like him and Chris were just, you know, watching football and Chris just starts talking to him and says, Hey, you must be super excited. And he's all like, what do you mean? He's like, you don't know. So he goes run and grabs the script for Endgame, something that not many people get like just to keep. But I guess since Chris Evans is 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 done with Captain America. I guess Kevin Feige, the producer of all these movies, decided to be like, oh, what the hell? So Anthony gets the script and looks at the final scene, and it's Captain America giving Sam Wilson the shield. Steve Rogers is passing the, t- the mantle of Captain America to Sam Wilson, and having Anthony Mackie just be like, oh my god, like having... Captain America tell you that you're going to be Captain America both on and off screen is just so amazing. And I'm really happy that Chris was the person who told Anthony. And I think it just made the scene so much better. All the takes, they said they cry afterwards. It's amazing. It was such a beautiful fucking scene. It was so well done. And I cannot believe how you cannot believe how excited I am. Anthony Mackie for being the Falcon, a character who many people probably think are just, you know, he's kind of like an okay actor or something, you know. I think I really fell in love with him as the Falcon. He's funny, he's quippy, but he's also very smart and just all around a great man. I really wish he got more screen time, but now, you know, he's got an entire show on Disney Plus about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's so fun. Like, he doesn't know anything that's going on. Like, I mean, obviously a week has passed. Maybe he knows something after that interview. But he doesn't know anything. And it's kind of fun that he just doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what the suit looks like. He doesn't know if he's going to keep the wings and the shield. He doesn't know what the show is really about. And it's just, it's amazing. And it's just... You can just see the wonder on his face. And I think what really got to me was the fact that he was talking about how amazing it is for his sons to see that Captain America is a black guy. And it ties back in with Spider-Man and Iron Man from Far From Home. Anyone can be Spider-Man. 
That's the whole point of Myers, Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy being Spider-Man in their own universe. Anyone can be Spider-Man. And that's the point of Far From Home and Spider-Man having to take over the legacy that Tony Stark left behind. Anyone can be Iron Man, but Spider-Man has to be the next Iron Man to fill in the shoes that Tony leaves behind. And he entrusts it to Peter because he knows if anyone can do it, it's him. And the same thing happens in this. Steve Rogers knows that if anyone can be Captain America, it's Sam. Not Bucky. And I thought it would be cool that he would, because they both have been Captain America in the comics. Winter Soldier was Captain America very soon after his death at the end of Civil War. Steve Rogers comes back, has the mantle again, but then the the effects of the Super Soldier Serum wear off, and Captain America becomes old and gives the shield to Sam. Both of those stories are pretty funny because, again, Captain America's back as Captain America in both, you know, continuities in both of these stories. So it's like, status quo is a bitch. Anyway, both of these characters did a really cool job. Um, I haven't read much of uh, Sam as Captain America, but I can only imagine there might be great. But I don't know for sure. But this interview was so genuine and so fun because he really thinks it's important that his sons see Captain America as black. And I think that's the whole point. We don't have a lot of black superheroes we can really live up to or really be like, yo, that's so cool. Because Captain America isn't a symbol of America. It's a, He's a symbol for the American people. And it's really hard to see that as just an Irish immigrant who came here, who wanted to fight the Axis powers. And, and you know, he does that with steroids. He comes back and is lost in time. And it's really hard to do that because, you know, Irish people exist, but they kind of forget where they came from. They think of themselves as white because they want to be on that side of the picket fence. They don't want to be thrown in with the minorities. They want to just be like, yo, we're Irish, we're white. Here we go. No darks allowed. And it's sad to see that that segregation and racism still exists more subtly in this world. And to see that Captain America, of all people, is going to become a black guy now, it shows that America is more than just a white dude with steroids. It can be a black man who is a veteran who came back into the fight because his hero told him to. And he fought alongside his hero. And now his hero is too old to keep the fight going. And Sam and Anthony both say that they belong to someone else. And Anthony is going to be a lot easier, is a lot easier to convince than Sam. Anthony, the actor, says, as soon as I see that suit and I see what I'm going to do, I know it'll be right for me. I just got to do right by this character. But I know I can do it once I see what the costume looks like. And I know it looks cool. And I know that this is Captain America. He's, the fa- he's got wings like an eagle, and he's got a shield to protect and instill that freedom and justice for all races and all people. 
And I think Sam is going to have to find that himself, and I think it's going to work really well. I can't wait to see what that show is going to be. And I think it's going to be really fun that Sebastian Stan and Anthony are also really good friends. And I can't wait to see that relationship between Bucky and the Falcon, who might now be called Captain America, and have that be that relationship that continues to grow. I'm excited for it. I think it's actually one of the few things uh, Marvel-related, besides Far From Home, I'm excited for. Everything else I can kind of give a shit about, like WandaVision sounds dumb, Hawkeye doesn't sound as interesting, and, you know, any other movie in the MCU, I don't even know what's coming out, and I kind of don't care, and I think that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a really great interview. I really can't recommend it enough. Um go watch it. It'll make you feel really happy. And it makes me really like Anthony Mackie more. So whenever I do rewatch the MCU again, and every time I see him on screen, I just think him and Chris are best. Chris Evans are best friends, really dear, close friends. Him and Sebastian are really close friends. I'm really excited to see these characters balance and the chemistry work off each other. It'd be really cool to see, you know, good old Chris Evans just showing up every once in a while and be like, hey guys, how's it going? But I don't think that's going to happen, and that's fine. Hell, even a funeral scene would be really cool to be like, okay, cool, he's dead, like, for realsies. Shit. That's scary. But I love this. I love this so much. It's going to be a really great ride. And I think the MCU is going to be fine. Maybe if the movies don't do so good, maybe they should retreat more into this Disney Plus kind of idea. I don't know how WandaVision, Loki, and Hawkeye are going to do. I don't know if they're going to do as good. I think this Falcon Winter Soldier show is going to be the most interesting of the of the uh, pack. And... I think Far From Home is going to be probably the last good MCU movie. They can try with anything else, but I don't know if it's going to just work in that same regard. And with that being said, I think I'm really burnt out of the MCU for right now. Whenever Disney Plus launches, I don't think they're going to launch with any of these shows. And uh, that's fine. I can just wait. So whenever it does, I can talk about it and talk about the show. I don't know if they're going to do like a weekly, like one episode and then wait a week, one episode, wait a week, or they're going to just drop a whole season. I don't know how they're going to make it work. Hopefully. It'll just, you know work out for them. I'm excited. I'm sorry for the little pauses. Someone's just, you know, like beeps on my phone and stuff. I get easily distracted because I am a millennial boy. So I think to wrap up the show for the next eight minutes, I'm done with the MCU for just a little bit. I'm excited to see Spider-Man Far From Home. Check out the trailer if you haven't seen it all the way through. And again, check out that 40-minute interview with Anthony Mackie. The interviewer is amazing. I 
Did not find his name on there, which is really sad, but whoever he is, he's a great interviewer. It, it's just it's just a lot of magic. And this guy's probably like a big fanboy. He probably was like, I really want you to sign some shit for me. I love you. I love the Falcon. I love this character. And I can't wait. Can't, can't wait for you to be Captain America. And I can't wait for him to be Captain America. Because now I now when I get home, I'm like, I might have to look up some uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America stuff. Because I'm really hyped for how cool a Captain America is going to be. And I think that everyone should be hyped for Captain America to be black. Because now it's like, you know, it's not because of this whole affirmative action. It's not the whole SJW. It's like, stop it right there. It's the representation of America. And I think right now we need Captain America to be black. Because he's been white for 70 years plus. And I think to see him on the big screen is going to be a big thing for black people. Because it happened in the comics. Because it happens in real life. It's going to be big. It's going to be probably big as Black Panther, if not bigger. Because it's a character that for a long time has been associated with white guy. And to have that not happen anymore is amazing. I'm excited for that. And I really hope that people just get past the fact that this isn't Spider-Man. This isn't Iron Man. This isn't Captain America that I like. But, you know, there's always going to be people like that. And you know what? Just ignore them and have fun. Enjoy what they're giving us. They're extending the MCU. They're giving us a really cool take on Spider-Man and a new legacy for Iron Man to uphold. They're giving us a new Captain America, who I think is going to be the only person who can take in that reign. And I think it's going to be worth it. Excuse me. So just don't be a whiner. I know that's really hard for people. Just don't be a whiner, okay? Enjoy the fact that superheroes are still fun. And that surprisingly I don't have complete superhero burnout because I'm getting this in DC Universe very soon. So like just enjoy the moment, guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fine. You and I are going to just enjoy whatever comes our way. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for Disney plus. I think it launches in the summer. Sometimes you can just add it on the Hulu. That's super smart because you get Spotify, Hulu and like Disney plus now, like all for like that one price. Like, I think that's super dope. Please. Please, um, please do that. It's really fun. It's really worth it. Um, I really wish they continue with the Marvel Netflix shows, but, and I hope that if, you know, they eventually think maybe we'll just do more with the defenders later, that'd be cool. Maybe have Captain America and Luke Cage meet and stuff like that. Like just Give us a little something, Marvel. Like, try to work out something with the Netflix shows. Those are fantastic. And if you know how many people out there would really like them to come back, listen to your fan base, please. 
Work something out with Marvel or Netflix, whoever you need to work something out with. Excuse me. Just make it happen. Excuse me. Okay. So two minutes still go by and I'm still bitching about Marvel. So I think we're done now. For now. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. You can tell that this really mean a lot, meant a lot to me. And I'm happy that I think that next week I can talk about something that's besides the MCU. That's besides Mortal Kombat. Besides certain things. And I have no idea what it's going to be, and I'm really happy about that. The weekend's coming up. Hopefully something really comes my way. I'm still unemployed, but, you know, I'm not going to bitch about it anymore. I mean, I do do that a lot. But, you know, it's not going to get me anywhere. So just wish me luck, guys, on my endeavors. Maybe one day I'll be talking to the big fancy radio station and say, man, I remember 2019 was just like a rough year for me. Didn't have a job, didn't have this, didn't have that. You know, it was crazy. And at the same time, I'm really excited to just find that thing that gets me to where I want to be. I want to take care of my uh, wife. I want to take care of my girlfriend. I want to take care of well, my wife and my girlfriend are the same thing. I want to, I want to, I want to be a grown up. And maybe sometimes I want to just do this and have it be my grown up job. And I really hope that one day I'll be able to do that and look back and say, holy crap, I did that. It'll be really cool. And I really hope that one day I can pass on a legacy to my kids or pass it on to somebody that I can trust with this. And we can continue that legacy. I think it'll be really cool. So I'm not going to be sappy anymore because I think I'm a little too sappy towards the end of these because I'm just really sad sometimes. But I am going to make another appearance tomorrow on You and You Gaming, a show with Austin and his brother Kyle. I feel so bad. I don't know people's names. Anyway, hang on. He just said my brother, son of a bitch. Yes, it's Kyle. Okay. Because at first just said my brother. I'm like, oh no, I don't do prepositions. Okay. But yeah, we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat 11. So I won't be talking about that next week. Because I hear the bitch about it tomorrow. So, yeah. That's going to be really cool. It's uh, from 1 to 3.30. Yes. So catch me on that tomorrow. I think it's going to be live. I would have to double check with Austin, but obviously I'll just promote it again tonight, sometime tomorrow or later tonight, today on Twitter. So when you start seeing this stuff be posted on Twitter and stuff, just give me a shout out. Give me some likes. Um, I'm really happy that uh, a lot of people uh, are going to be tuning in to uh, the show. I hope people do. You and You Gaming, I believe it's called. I'm going to be a guest. I don't know if I'm going to be permanently on here. It'd be really fun. Give me something to do on Saturdays. <laughs> Besides resting. But in the meantime, I'm excited to do that. But you guys take care and have a great weekend. 
I'm going to blow my nose for the millionth time today because for some reason I'm sick again. And I hope you guys all just remember to take some nice uh, airborne or any immune system battling thing. I really feel like the different temperature changes just really affect me. So, you know, just stay healthy out there, kids. Wear a seatbelt. Eat your vegetables. Don't forget to always do self-care. Put some lotion on your elbows. Especially if you think you don't need lotion on your elbows, please put some lotion on your elbows. That's really, really important, especially if you like to lean a lot like myself. You don't want rough elbows. Girls do not like guys with rough elbows. And I'm pretty sure no one likes anyone with rough elbows, so just don't do it. That's gross. Yucky. All right, guys. This has been True Justice and Ian Hand Way. My name is Ian Hand. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And, again, catch me up on all those really cool ways to to pre-record. One day I'll quiz y'all, but I'm pretty sure I have to have a fan base before I quiz anybody. (laughs) Anyway, take care. Have a great weekend. And uh, have a great rest of your evening. This has been Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hanway on APRadio.net. Good night, and I'll see you next week or tomorrow if you guys want to catch the thing tomorrow. Anyway, bye.